You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. A peace that cannot be understood. It's a rest that cannot be disturbed. It's a joy that cannot be diminished. It's a hope that cannot be disappointed. It's a light that cannot be darkened. A happiness that cannot be interrupted. A strength that cannot be weakened. A purity that cannot be defiled. A beauty that cannot be marred. A wisdom that cannot be baffled. Folks, these are the resources that cannot be exhausted. As Pastor Mike listed off those resources, were there any that you can say possess in abundance? Many of us are severely lacking in patience, peace, joy, generosity, or courage. God is not lacking in any of those traits. He's a generous provider who won't leave you wanting when you trust in Him. When you stop trying to attain those things on your own, admit your dependence on God and leaning into Him. He will supply everything you need to live a spiritually abundant life. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5 as he continues his message, Final Charges. Be watchful. Now, why should we be watchful? Well, because the devil, our adversary, is crafty. He's clever. He's strong. He's formidable. You know, interestingly enough, I remember years ago, there was a survey that was taken, and 1,500 pastors uh, participated in it, and they asked the question, how many of you actually believe that the devil exists? Half of those 1,500 pastors who were surveyed didn't actually believe in the devil. Hey, listen, gang, don't be fooled. God warns us in 2 Corinthians, in chapter 2, in verse 11, Paul there warns the church, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So, what tactics, then, are we to employ to defeat the devil. Well, we're not talking about human effort or strength here. We need to resist, as we are encouraged to do here by Peter, and be steadfast in the faith. We must trust the Lord. Don't fight the battles yourself. Let Jesus do it for you. Face the enemy squarely in faith, and be assured Christ's watchful eye is never turned from us. He watches over us, The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, he ever lives to make intercession uh, for us. 
providing an escape from the devil's attacks. Remember that occasion when uh, Peter was having a conversation with the Lord, and Jesus turned to Peter, it's recorded for us in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, verses 31 and 32, and Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith shall not fail. So listen, gang, when we are tempted by the devil, get in touch with intercession headquarters. Get in touch with uh, Jesus. Remember, and do that at once. He's praying for you. Cry out to him. Call upon the name of the Lord. Let there not be the slightest trace of self-dependency. Remember, Satan is never weaker than when we're on our knees. Jesus is the remedy. Now, I want to close with a story about this Christian professor who lived a life of such purity and serenity in the presence of his students that they were overwhelmed by his challenging example. They resolved to ask the elderly saint the secret of his holy life and abundant peace. And one day they came to him and explained that they were harassed by many temptations, which appealed to the flesh so strongly that they were distraught. They asked, do not these temptations that harass our souls appeal to you? Do they never come knocking at the door of your heart? Well, the man of God listened and smilingly replied, yes, I do know something of the things of which you speak. The temptations that trouble you do come making their appeal to me. But when these temptations knock at the door of my heart, I always answer, the place is occupied. So here's the real secret of victory. A heart that is filled with Christ. Whether it be pride, care, or even the devil himself, there will be no room if we are fully yielded to the Lord Jesus. In the book of Psalms, in the 124th Psalm, in verse 8, the psalmist declares there, Our help is in the name of the Lord. So gang, trust him for all he desires to do for you. Remember, he'll never fail us. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 10 through 14. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Sylvanus. Now, many people believe that Sylvanus was actually the, the fellow who uh, is mentioned several times by Paul in his New Testament epistles. Our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you uh, briefly. Uh, so Peter dictated at least part of this epistle to this man, Sylvanus, and he recorded it for us. And then we are also uh, told, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. And then notice in verse 13, she who is in Babylon. Now she probably refers to the church, which in the ancient Greek is in the feminine uh, text. And so this may actually be a literal uh, city that Peter is referring to. It's been suggested that Peter had recently visited the church there in uh, Babylon. But it also may be symbolic of the way that Peter referred to the cities of Rome 
and the city of Jerusalem, which was just as wicked as was the city of uh, Babylon. So we're not quite sure about that, whether that was a reference to a literal uh, city, a church that existed there in the city of Babylon or, or not. But anyway, uh, she who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my uh, son. This is the same Mark who is the writer of the gospel according to uh, Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you, all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Remember last time together, if you were with us, we found Peter strongly emphasizing the importance of watchfulness and vigilance as a safeguard against the adversary of our souls, who is the devil, who is a very formidable enemy. Notice, let's go back to verse 8, which was a part of our text last time together. And there we are told, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But listen, lest we overestimate his power and give him more credit than is due him, uh, which would cause us to be overwhelmed. Notice here, Peter quickly reminds us of our invincible Lord, the God of all greats, that enables his willing disciples to overcome the attacks of all of their enemies. And so for this reason, we're not to fear. That's the exhortation. We're not to dismay. We are assured of victory. We can have that confidence that we'll be victorious over any, any enemy that we have to uh, face. You know, the psalmist put it like uh, this in the book of Psalms, in the 112th Psalm, verses 1 through uh, 8. Let me read it for you. Uh, there the psalmist declares, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in. For this time forth, and even forevermore. So some really precious promises that are served up for us there in that psalm. So how wonderfully descriptive of our great God is this phrase, the God of all grace. In other words, he supplies grace in every experience of life, whatever the need may be, in sickness, in sorrow, in stress. His marvelous promises hold good. In the book of 2 Corinthians, here's a cross-reference for you. In chapter 12, in verse 9, Paul reminds us there, God's speaking to him, and in context, this was in response to uh, Paul's affliction in his uh, flesh, and uh, as he petitioned the Lord to take it away from him, and then God responded and said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 in verse 9. His grace is sufficient for whatever your need may be. And listen, those who have believed these words have found them to be altogether true. So, why are we so often guilty of doubting God in our hearts, missing the blessings of His abundant 
provision and promises of grace. I mean, he's proved himself time and time again, over and over. He's never failed us yet. Why don't we believe his word and trust him completely? You know, let me ask you a question. Doesn't a loving parent respond instantly to the cry of his child who is in distress? It's like a bear defending her cubs. Well, listen, you can be sure your heavenly father is no less concerned about his children. Let me give you a cross-reference for this. In Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 7, in verse 11, we are told there, if you then, and he's addressing fathers here, being evil, and it's not to suggest that fathers are evil, but that we're sinners, and we are imperfect, okay? So if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? So listen, God's divine love elicits far greater concern than human love. Gang, you can trust God implicitly. You know, there's this story of an elderly saint who was telling a friend about a miraculous answer to prayer. She was sharing all of the details with her friend. The friend asked, how do you explain that? Uh, she was very surprised, the friend was. She responded, I, uh, as she answered, I just took God at his word and he took me at mine. Gang, listen, that is all God expects of any of us, to just simply take him at his word. Don't doubt, he is the God, remember now, he is the God of all grace. You know, maybe one of the reasons why we don't trust the Lord, we don't believe the Lord is going to do for us what we've been uh, seeking for him to do, because God's promises uh, will work for us. Not, you know, we think that because of our unworthiness, you know, we, we read something in the Bible about a promise and we're hoping and trusting that it may apply to us. But then we we think about our own unworthiness. We think about our condition. And, and, and so immediately uh, we disqualify ourselves. We think I'm undeserving in comparison to God's goodness and love. And yes, you know, absolutely, that's that true. But remember, God hasn't apportioned his grace on the basis of our uh, worthiness. In 2 Corinthians in chapter 3 and verse 5, is another cross-reference for you. The Bible tells us there that our sufficiency is of God. So it's not all about our performance that gets God to do the things that we're asking him to, uh, to do. It's certainly not about our worthiness, because none of us are worthy. Now, let's talk a little bit about that sufficiency that I just referred to. Notice, let's go back to our text. In verse 10, we are told, Who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ. Now, a part of that eternal uh, glory is the sufficiency of Christ. And I put together a brief list of that sufficiency. So let me go through it. It's a love that cannot be fathomed. It's a life that cannot die, a righteousness that cannot be tarnished, a peace that cannot be understood. It's a rest that cannot be disturbed. It's a joy that cannot be diminished. It's a hope that cannot be disappointed. It's a light that cannot be darkened, a happiness that cannot be interrupted, 
a strength that cannot be weakened, a purity that cannot be defiled, a beauty that cannot be marred, a wisdom that cannot be baffled. Folks, these are the resources that cannot be exhausted. So considering these things, we begin to understand something of exactly how rich we are in Christ. So let me ask you this question. Do you understand that? Or are you rather living like a pauper? Don't let yourselves be undermined by doubt. God has made ample provision for every one of our needs. Now let's go back to our text. Notice there also in verse 10, the latter part of verse 10 we read, After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Okay, so what are we told here? Well, Peter reminds us that in this life of ours, there's going to be suffering. But it's suffering for a purpose. God will use that suffering in our lives to perfect his work in us. And his grace will enable us, the God of all grace, will enable us to ride out the storms of life. His grace will enable us through our trials to become the women and men that he wants us to be. Notice he uses our sufficiency, our suffering rather, to perfect, establish, strengthen, and ground us. Hey, listen, that's a different, an altogether different perspective than most of the time when we're uh, dealing with some kind of a problem, we begin to think that God doesn't care about us, that God doesn't love us, that God isn't concerned about us. But listen, in all of those things, in all of the trials of life, all of the difficulties, God is working His perfect will, His perfect plan. And in all these things, no matter what we have to face, we can praise Him. And that's what verse 11 is all about. Notice what it says there. To Him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter must have been thinking about the trials that he overcame by the grace of God in his own experience. And he just instantaneously bursts out in a, in a time of uh, worship. To him be glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Listen, let me ask you this question. When was the last time you praised God for his goodness? Or are you rather always complaining and doubting, right? Wondering, does it really pay to, to know God and to walk with him? Listen, the God who can do this great work in our lives is certainly worthy of our uh, praise. And then in verse 12, let's go back to verse 12. There we are, there we read, testifying of the true grace of God wherein ye stand. Okay, that's where we live. So stand. We live and stand in the grace of God. So don't waver. Don't doubt. Don't go through anxiety attacks. Stand believing. And then in verse 14, greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ uh, Jesus. Now, the kiss, of course, is an expression of love. But you know what? This only goes further to confirm my suspicions that Peter wasn't a Jew at all, but was rather an Italian. No, I'm only kidding. But you know how Italians are. They're very huggy and, and kissy. And, and, uh, but anyway, uh, but then notice also, the letter concludes with the benediction, peace with you all that are in Christ Jesus. 
And listen, think about it. Isn't this a fitting close to this relevant, helpful, and timely epistle? This is the message that our age needs to hear today, desperately needs to hear today. True and lasting peace can be found only through having a personal relationship through Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ. In the book of Ephesians, for example, in chapter 2, in verse 14, there we are told in context, referring to Jesus, that he is our uh, peace. And the more we appropriate Christ into our life by faith, we will experience that uh, peace. He alone can provide an earthly life of deep joy. So, let me ask you this question. Do you have this peace and joy? Listen, gang, you'll never have it until you come to him. You know, there's this story that I'd like to share with you. It's about this man, a native of Hindustan, which was, is located in the northern part of uh, India, who made a decision for Jesus Christ. So he was converted from Hinduism uh, to Christianity. And so when this uh, fellow made his decision to follow Christ, not only did his parents request him to leave their home, but he was bitterly despised by his former associates. Now one day, he was asked by a fellow Christian how he endured such a uh, trial. How strange, replied the young convert. Many have sought to know how I bear my trials, yet none have asked me how I bear my joys. In Christ, sufficient for your present comfort, the friend asked, and he responded, yes, was the young man's answer. I am thrice happy. He pointed upward and said, I have Christ there. He laid his hand upon his native Bible. I have Christ in this book. Then placing his hand upon his heart, he said, I have Christ here in my heart. And so do you have this peace and joy? You'll never have it until you come to Jesus. You know, we are told in the book of Acts, in chapter 16 and verse 31, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Listen, for any person that's tuned in, who haven't made a decision for Christ, I want to encourage you, I plead with you, come to Him and experience that wonderful joy of living courageously, day by day, in His strength, as He floods your heart and soul with His own peace. Let me lead you in a word of prayer. So join me together in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are the God of all grace and that your sufficiency is more than we will ever need. We thank you for that. Yes, God, flood our hearts with your peace. Jesus is our peace. And it's in his name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Father's house There's a place for me In my Father's house Where I long to be Oh my That's all we have time for on today's edition of In My Father's House. Thanks for joining us. Did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio. Be sure to subscribe and let us know you're a listener in the comments. We love seeing how God is using His Word in incredibly powerful ways. 
If you don't yet have a church to call home, we'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship. You can find all the information you need at harvestnyc.org. While you're there, you can reserve your seat by clicking on Contact and then the Register link. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to hear today's message again, or to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link, or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to remind you just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. We also want you to know how grateful we are to have you as a part of our listening audience. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to learning more from 1 Peter next time on In My Father's House. Troubles